0: This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the cycle CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. To start things out tonight, uh, Wayne, you mentioned something that uh, to me the, right before the show started that sounded intriguing is being paid out per day for public relations? What's going
1: on? No, actually, there's a story on antiwar.com by Paul Craig Roberts, uh, and he claims that starting last year, the surge was that extra 20,000 to 30,000 additional U.S. troops sent to Iraq, Mm -hmm. uh, and these extra troops, we were told, would finally supply the necessary forces to pacify Iraq.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they've been crowing about it ever since, how it's supposedly working.
1: Yes, and he claims it never made any sense because the extra troops didn't raise the total number of U.S. soldiers to more than one-third the number every expert has said is necessary in order to successfully occupy Iraq. Uh, He claims the real purpose of the surge was to hide another deception. The Bush regime is paying Sunni insurgents $800,000 a day not to attack U.S. forces. 800,000 members of an awakening group, the Sons of Iraq, a newly formed U.S. Allied uh, security force, consisting of Sunni insurgents, are being paid $10 a day each not to attack U.S. troops. Alleged- not very good wages, but uh, <laughs> I suppose in that area of the world, maybe it's a good thing. Sure. $10 probably buys a lot over there. Allegedly, the sons of Iraq were, are now at work fighting al-Qaeda. This is a much cheaper way to fight a war. We can only wonder why Bush didn't figure it out sooner, according to Roberts. So well, this is a PR you can't, effort. Really, you can't really win a war where you're just paying the enemy not to
2: attack you exactly
0: well th- this is essentially a PR effort right because they want it to seem like the uh, the surge is working they want to be able to claim that it's working and I don't know is it really actually uh, successful are they actually not attacking as a result of this or are the the attacks lower than they were I you know I don't track the statistics on this
2: it it really depends on which side of the fence you go on the republicans say yes it's working the democrats say no it's not working and there you go well
1: according to this article he says the surge was also timed to take account of the near completion of neighborhood cleansing most of the violence in iraq occurred during the last five years has resulted from sunnis and shiites driving each other out of mixed neighborhoods had the Mm -hmm. two groups been capable of uniting against the u.s. troops the u.s. would have been driven out of iraq a long time ago Instead, the Iraqis slaughtered each other and fought the Americans in their spare time. In other words, the surge has nothing to do with any decline in violence. Very interesting. So, eight hundred thousand dollars per day. You know, it, it
2: it's it's sad that uh, this is how we have to. You know, this is how we have to fight wars now. We have to pay off the enemy, not to attack us.
0: Well, of course, it could all be solved if uh, they just bring everybody home. Well, and that much uh, is true. Not just from Iraq, but from all around the world and stop saber-rattling uh, across uh, across all the 130 different countries that the U.S. military currently ocupi- occupies. That would go a long way towards solving problems in the future, but neither the Democrats nor the Republicans have any plans to do anything like that,
1: except for Ron Paul, who has absolutely uh, come right out and proposed pulling the troops out from around the world. We have an election coming up. You know, If they can keep the, minimize the amount of bad news coming out of Iraq till after the election, then there's a whole new round of bad news that can come out and uh the political consequences aren't nearly as great because the, the the new president coming in whoever that might be is not going to be he'll be kind of clean of it for at least six months to a year. So do you think
0: that if the uh you know if the bad news coming out of Iraq is minimized that the Republicans would actually have a shot at winning? I mean I, presumably they a don't slightly better, Ron Paul.
1: Slightly better bad
0: chance. Hmm. Well anyway, there you go. Eight hundred grand, one eight <laughs> hundred, two five nine, ninety two thirty one. <9231.
2: laughs> I mean it's it leaves me speechless. It's just so Likely and
0: uh, yeah, what do you say? uh, Yeah, what do you say to it? I mean, it's the government, it's not their money, so they'll do what they want, right? Yeah, I mean, we've been been told these
2: are terrible, terrible people. Now we're paying them not to attack us. That's amazing, and we're over there in their country. I know how to keep them from attacking us, just get the troops out.
1: You know, it was interesting that it says the Los Angeles Times on February 16th reported that a U.S. airstrike managed to kill nine Iraqi civilians and three of those sons of Iraq. So the Sunnis are now abandoning, abandoning their posts in protest, demanding an end to errant U.S. airstrikes. These are the ones that are getting paid, you're saying? Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't think this is going to last very long, this no. whole arrangement. <laughs> I don't think it is either.
2: <laughs> it just, and they don't, they don't either. They just need it to last long enough that they can say that the surge was working.
0: So you said it was going only $10 per person, so it's going to, uh, what, 80,000 guys?
1: Uh, apparently, Is yes. that right? Yeah. All right, it adds uh, up.
0: <laughs> Ten dollars adds up. Yeah, I mean, didn't they give Saddam Hussein a lot of money back in the day and weapons? I mean, inevitably, won't they just use the uh, the money to invest in some IEDs and turn it right back around on the troops? Likely, yeah. 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 You know, it's no, it's it's
2: not. It, not only is it not their money, but it's not their lives either. The people that are fighting this war, um, you know, the, on the ground, they are they. You know, they have nothing to do with this. It's all the politicians in Washington.
0: Yeah. And this doesn't reduce the cost of the war. They're still paying through the nose to keep the troops over there and and continue to run the operations they're doing. Now there's an extra eight hundred thousand dollars that's going to kind of keep things as quiet as they possibly can keep them. Yeah. Again, for PR purposes. That way they can claim that well the surge is working. See. They don't tell you the facts
1: behind the story. Yeah.
0: One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Whoever let that one slip out, they probably their butts probably on the line. Uh, we Paul continue. Craig Roberts used to work for
2: the Reagan administration, yeah. too. so I mean, you know, He's this got is,
0: connections. He's not an outsider. Right. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Dave in Ohio. Dave, listening on WAIS. Hello.
3: Hi, guys. Hey. How are you doing?
0: What's on your mind, Dave?
3: Uh, I would say support Ron Paul mm. because he'll bring on the troops right away.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, there aren't enough people like you, unfortunately.
3: Um, I have a question. Uh, okay.
0: Can you
4: give me Free Talk Live's email address or when that have to be off the air?
0: Oh no, no. Uh, there's a studio email address. You can email FTL at freetalklive.com. But understand that it's loaded with emails right now, and I am probably a hundred, at least a hundred away from, uh, from being up to date. So. Okay.
4: Could you repeat that one more time? It's
0: easy. It's FTL at freetalklive.com. Okay. All right, thanks. Thanks, Dave. There you go, 800-259-9231. I should point out that uh, we've had a few people call in recent times and ask me for my email address, and I've given out my email address. Uh, Don't confuse, and let me make sure I lay this out clear. If you send show prep to my email address, I will bounce you back an email saying, please send your show prep to FTL at freetalklive.com. Send something to me if it's a personal or business correspondence, and that's it, because I don't want to clutter up my personal business email with show prep just it's messy and annoying so don't con- don't confuse the two that's the reason i took my email off of the website and made the ftl one very prominent people send me a uh, show prep at my email address i like it well that's fine because you don't you don't get a whole a whole bunch of stuff uh whereas i do so 800-259-9231 uh continuing here there's a story out of the texas uh, the news and observer Medical marijuana advocates in Texas lament the fate of a cancer patient turned federal fugitive who was shot and killed during a drug raid earlier last month in his North Raleigh home. Stephen Scott Thornton, 45 uh, years old at the time, died Friday afternoon from wounds received as sheriff deputies and Wake County alcohol beverage control officers forced their way into his home that morning to search for evidence of marijuana plants. On the website for Texans for Medical Marijuana, a grassroots organization that lobbied for legalizing the drug for pain management, Thornton in 2006 described himself as a thyroid cancer survivor who used marijuana to control chronic pain, eliminate nausea, and gain weight. Now, this is clearly a dangerous man. Yeah, you can't have
2: uh, have somebody gaining weight and reducing nausea. You know they're lying anyway.
0: The Wake County Sheriff's Deputy Sergeant Ronnie Byrd was shot in the leg during the raid. Bird was treated and released. The State Bureau of Investigation is investigating the incident. Uh, no ABC officer or Wake deputy has been placed on administrative leave as a result of the shootings. So they just killed this guy, and they're just investigating. Nobody's nobody's under real serious suspicion here. Uh, when sheriff's deputies and ABC officers entered his home, they found evidence of a full-scale marijuana-growing operation, including 43 marijuana plants in various stages of growth, soil additives, lights, and plant-growing chemicals, according to a search warrant. Thornton was wanted by the U.S. Marshals Service. He had fled Texas in late 2005 prior to being sentenced by a federal judge for possession of a firearm by an unlawful user of a controlled substance and for distributing marijuana and marijuana plants. Basically, the story here, and there's a little bit more to it, that a uh, sick man decided to grow a little bit of marijuana for himself and his friends and got killed by the cops over it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features there we give away, including the bulletin board system. Over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through, enjoy, uh, and get interactive with. Over 200, uh, over 2,000 people are there contributing. Well, I guess not all of them contribute. Probably most of them are lurkers. But that's okay. It's still a lot of fun. Lots to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff all there at bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Jumping into your phone calls here in a moment uh, just to finish up the story. From the News and Observer in uh, Texas, a medical marijuana patient has been shot and killed by the, let's see, I believe it was, yes, the Texas uh, alcohol beverage control officers as well as sheriff's deputies. Yeah, we actually talked to those guys before the the TABC. We have one of their bureaucrats interviewed on our guest page on the website. She was very nice. Well, she's not one of the killers, I guess, Mark. She was just the spokes bureaucrat. Uh, in this case, Thornton, uh, the man in question, 44 or 45-year-old man, was wanted by the U.S. Marshal's Service. He had fled Texas in late 2005 before he was to be sentenced by a federal judge for possession of a firearm by an unlawful user of a controlled substance and for distributing marijuana and marijuana plants. Texans for medical marijuana disbanded in May after two bills the group supported to legalize the medical use of marijuana stalled in the state legislature. Its former executive director didn't know Thornton, but said he was likely living with a lot of shame because he had to use an illegal substance for relief from his illness, and that his fear of prison was probably compounded by the prospect of receiving inadequate medical treatment. She said that it could have been a death sentence for him. Uh, And she now works, by the way, for the Marijuana Policy Project. A Republican activist and medical marijuana advocate called Thornton a casualty of a failed war on drugs. She said they took a life because of it. And her paraplegic son is also a medical marijuana user. Why have they spent 30 billion dollars and not achieved a single goal? Now, when she says that they spent 30 billion dollars, she must only be referring to the last couple of years, because as I understand it, the federal marijuana—not marijuana, but the the federal drug budget—is something like over 17 billion a year, and that was the last time I heard the numbers, and that was probably a few years ago. So it's probably higher than that now. Uh, so it's been a lot more than 30 billion dollars over the entire lifetime of the war on drugs. Anyway, Davis said Texans for Medical Marijuana didn't endorse the distribution of marijuana, but the organization did acknowledge the practice. She said, we have to understand why people go to those extremes. When your quality of life is on the line, you're going to take a risk. Can you imagine for a moment that you have some awful terminal disease? In this case, I believe it was cancer that this man had, thyroid cancer. You have some just awful, painful, terrible disease and you've tried the various different uh, medical establishment treatments, and they're just not—they're not, just not cutting. It's it. not doing it for you. I mean, I don't know
2: uh, what it's like to have one of these uh, illnesses, but I—I'm certainly not going to be the one that's going to tell these people, "Look, you're lying. We know better. Marijuana is just
0: a dirty, dirty weed. You it's just want to get you. high.
2: I—I'm I, just—I I don't have what it takes to do that."
0: Yeah. So imagine that you're in that situation where you're in pain every single day of your life. And somebody maybe comes to you and suggests or persuades uh, you get persuaded to try marijuana. It's maybe a last-ditch effort. For many of these people, it is. you know, For many of these people, they've exhausted uh, a lot of the other options on the table, and they're just giving it a shot. Yeah, why not? And, wow, huh, you actually experience some relief, some real significant relief from just a few puffs on a marijuana cigarette or a a bowl. And it it must be just a, a shocking, stunning experience for these folks. And it must be even more shocking when they find out that they're going to have to dodge the law in order to get their hands on it. So what this guy decided to do, instead of go out and uh do business on the street and rely on the black marketplace to acquire his drugs and anybody that's ever bought drugs in the black market knows how unreliable it can be you know that uh that from time to time it just dries up from time to time you just can't get anything and that's there's various different reasons sometimes it's because people get busted sometimes it's cuz just usually it's just because drug dealers are lazy and they they just don't you know they're just not properly motivated they're not competing in a real marketplace with real competition, so they get it to you when they get it to you, you know. Uh, so if you are if you are a medical patient, you need something a little bit more reliable than well when it comes in. So this guy took it in his own hands, got some marijuana seeds, and set up his own grow up, and was likely selling the uh, the marijuana to people that he knew, uh, and probably some other medical marijuana patients mm. were purchasing it from him. Certainly, he was using it to re- to. Uh, relieve his own pain. And maybe he got a little bit too big for his britches or something like that. Maybe, uh, you know, word got out. Somebody snitched him out. I don't know what happened. I'm not sure about all the details behind the case. But, you know, this guy wouldn't have ever probably had any interest in doing this had he not had this terminal disease. But just imagine placing yourself in that position. This is the one thing. This plant, this illegal plant, is the one thing that can provide you with easy relief from your pain. And are you willing to break the law to get your hands on it? This guy was.
1: It's a plant that grows in the them. ground, for goodness sakes. Yeah. You know, it's, this is not a drug that's made by a drug company that's refined, that's never, ever seen a human body before in history of the world. This is something that's been around for thousands of years, if not more. And we've talked in the past the real reason why it was, it was criminalized back in the 30s was to eliminate competition uh, for the people who owned a lot of timber.
0: It was also uh, used a lot, uh, at least promoted as being used a lot by them brown folk as well. So there was a bit of a
1: racist uh, momentum behind that also. I'm sure that was used, but the real the real, uh, motivation is usually monetary more than racial. Sure. Uh,
0: DuPont, for instance, wanted protection, I believe. Uh, William Randolph Hearst, the yep. newspaper
1: man, was also involved. There's huge money in, in uh, timber, owning timber. And even now there's a lot of major endowments to universities who own timber uh Uh, interests Mm. Hmm. well
0: now there's a lot of federal bureaucrats and state bureaucrats that are getting paychecks based on the war on drugs so it's it's even more entrenched than it's ever been and far more difficult to make a change but i just wanted to point out for people that might have you know not understood well why is this man breaking the law well he's in pain he's gonna do what it takes you're gonna die anyway you might as well right
2: yeah what's the worst thing that could happen Right. well
0: in this case the worst thing was the cop shot him to death well, he was going to die, right? So, I imagine they didn't feel like it was that big of an issue. It's just another sad, tragic loss of life, another unnecessary loss of life. A man who was not a violent person. He was. He's being uh, celebrated after his death. Hmm. Usually, when somebody gets into a shootout with the police, yeah, they people. They don't throw a party for them later on. So, just a, just want to share it with you as yet another tragic loss that was completely unnecessary because. The government, your precious government that's supposed to be protecting you, they want to ban a plant. They want to make a plant into contraband, and they have done it, and the insanity continues and it needs to end. Your call's on the way. People want to talk about Ron Paul and uh, more all coming up. Your uh, calls, if you make them, 800-259-9231. Plus, Mark, you're going to tell us about a nightclub somewhere in America that has decided to just say no to the smoking ban, or at least... Figure out some sneaky way around it. We'll share that with you coming up. It's Free Talk Live.
5: Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power.
1: Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up a you want to if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are a giveaway, so enjoy those on us. And they include the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Approved they listen to the show, just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, take a look, see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. How would you like to
2: lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? You can. Check out this amazing doctor recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com. You can read some real testimonials and you can find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com.
0: We go to your phone calls to the amp line. It's Ziggy in the UK. Hello, Ziggy.
6: Hi. Um, I just want to pick up on something Mark said about that woman who worked for Drug Prohibitionists. Yeah. He said that she was a nice woman.
0: Uh, yes, the bureaucrat, the bureaucrat well, for the Texas Alcohol Bureaucracy or whatever.
6: Yeah, well, you know, Joseph, Joseph Goebbels never murdered anyone himself. Mm. But he was a front for the Nazis. He was their spin doctor. A he very good one. A, he was just as complicit in the Third Reich as Hitler was.
0: It's an and excellent so she, point.
6: And she is just as complicit in fronting these murderers. I'm disgusted by that story. I really am. Anyways, I wanted to talk to you... Um, Amazingly, I've just been out with a couple of libertarians for pizza and Beer, and we've all been brought together by one book,
0: hmm.
6: um, On Liberty by John Stuart Mill. Which I'm not familiar. Ver- Sorry?
0: I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar with the, uh, the, the book.
6: The, the book, uh, uh, Mill's harm principle is very important to libertarianism. It, it is basically do as you wish as long as you don't harm another person, mm-hmm. and it's explained in, in quite great detail. Um, and basically, it it, it defines modern libertarianism, um, but it was always overshadowed because it, it was written around the same time as, as Marx wrote the Communist Pan- Manifesto.
0: Hmm.
6: And of course, everyone went for that book and not for John Stuart Mill. Hmm. How
0: um, unfortunate!
6: Yeah, um, you know, Mill is very important, and I do recommend everybody anybody who's a libertarian should try and read that book.
0: What is it that uh, you know is in that book that isn't in the more modern? Uh, libertarian books?
6: It, it's more simple, you, you know, ex- explains it more simply, probably in a time where, you know, before we had huge communication and life was a lot more complicated. That, that's why. I mean, it was, it was a book which, it was one of the two books which kind of woke me up. The other one, strangely enough, was um, John Luke Rousseau's um, The Social Contract, <laughs> um, which isn't a little confusing. As John uh, as John Rousseau was confusing himself. Hmm. Um, basically, right. he said that you know we should all we should all agree to the common will. But yeah. then he says man is in chains. Well, the reason man is in chains is because we get you know we give in to the tyranny of the majority a lot of the time. There's
0: no doubt about that. You know, there's so many different books out there uh, to learn about liberty. It's it's. You know, it can be very difficult to choose uh, which one to read. I don't know. I find that books written back in the olden days kind of are written in that old style language, and I have for a,
2: me sometimes. I
0: have a, I well, have a tough I, I, time I, processing it. I'd say I'd say
6: probably the most important book of the 20th century um, is Orwell's 1984. Yeah. Um, because it tells you how the state works. The trouble is people seem to think it's some futuristic sci-fi disutopia. And sure, at the time it was, but he really he tells, tells you through that setup how government works, how, you know, how people can surrender their, their, their liberty for security, about perpetual war, about how the government lies to you.
0: Yeah, you know, I've heard nothing but good about that book, and I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to get to it one of these days. Well, Ziggy,
6: you know, uh, yeah? it is, I, if, if I had my way, um, there would be two things I'd teach in school. One would be All Wealth 1994, and the other one, I'd get all kids to listen to um, Never Mind the Bollocks by The Sex
0: Pistols. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, Ziggy. God save the queen. 800-259-9231, and in a free market educational environment, you could hire Ziggy to teach your kids. <laughs> Just that. He could, well, you know, it,
2: given the right uh, tuition agreements, he could get John Lydon to come in there and perform it right there in front of everybody. 60-year-old man rolling around in a wheelchair chair going, anarchy in the UK. Uh,
0: we seem to be having some serious trouble with our Internet streaming right now. Not sure why, but I'll try to work it out as time goes on. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls, though. It's Mark in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark.
7: Hey, fellas. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? Glad to see your show here. We've got you up on Ron Paul TV, and we're really enjoying it. got a gang out here uh and we wanted to tell you how much we appreciate your show. Well, hold
0: on before you go on. What is Ron Paul TV?
7: Uh Ron Paul TV is it's uh well Justin TV oh. where I'm actually at, but Ron Paul TV can be gotten from the Ron Paul link. Yeah. And it's uh it's a a television uh it's done by a group of Ron Paul supporters and we have different things It's a chat group uh, that we get in and uh just talk about politics.
0: No, I thought that Justin TV was this website where you can watch people broadcast uh, video live from their you know like a little helmet cam.
7: Yes, you can and I'm actually on Justin TV for Ron, and Ron Paul TV. Uh, so
0: you're using the uh the justin.tv technology to broadcast this Ron Paul TV?
7: Right. And you're actually on the uh, on the link right now, we're enjoying your show.
0: How is it that now what are you using for the video footage because uh I mean we've got our webcam but I I don't know can you link into that or are you just is it a black screen what are you putting up on the uh, the actual
7: uh, well, The vi- fellows over at the Ron Paul TV headquarters have got this this page set up and what they do they can pretty much link into whatever they need to put on there whether it's the current event of the day or uh, some Ron Paul special or in this case your show
0: That is fantastic and I'm I'm very pleased to know uh know about it. always nice to find out when people are picking up the show uh, in fact if but if you keep it up, uh, send me an email, and we'll we'll put you up on our affiliates link on the, on our website so people know they can go there to listen. Is this something you guys are doing on a nightly basis, or is tonight the only night that it's happened?
7: Well, I have seen you on there before. It's different different programs that are in support of Ron Paul, such as yours. And I tell you, you guys have a wonderful show. It's so great to be able to call in as a little guy and still be able to voice your opinion. Well, that and, uh, is the
0: purpose behind the program—to uh, leave the phone lines open for anyone to call about whatever might happen to be on their uh, on their mind. I mean, as you know, this isn't a show about Ron Paul, but we happen to be fans and uh, love to uh, to give him as much attention as you know as we possibly can. So well,
7: we sure do appreciate. It. There was a couple things I wanted to mention. You know, sure, if I may, Ron Paul. May. Uh, even though people think that the election's over, it's not. Uh, he's Ooh. still in the running. But we think there's something more important. Uh, even if he loses, we're winning something. We're trying to get a, a message out, and it's a message of uh, a truth uh, that uh, uh, you know our government has literally been taken over by socialists and, and communists. Sure has. They call we themselves
0: wanna... Republicans and Democrats.
7: Yeah, we want to we want to talk about you know Section 1042, which gave the U.S. Uh, uh, military their powers on on the United States soil for the first time, which was an absolute catastrophe. And um, some of the other things that that have gone through, like Directive 51, which just about gives uh, – totally eliminates the check and balance system and almost makes uh, Bush or any president a dictator. I mean, can Mm -hmm. you imagine what it would be like if the next president goes off their meds
8: and
7: (laughs) uh, actually exercises this stuff? Uh, You know, we can't get people to actually understand what's happening.
0: Yeah, you're right. There's been a lot of uh, legislation passed, and most of it has gone pretty much unheralded in the mainstream media that really does lay the groundwork for, I mean, martial law in America. It's it's all there. It can all be done. And it's exactly like you said. They just haven't done it yet. It's just a matter of they – really, it's more of a matter of when. Uh, When will they implement these tyrannical measures? Because it's supposedly legal – They've already exonerated themselves from all the uh, the torturing and the awful things they've done in the past. They retroactively exonerated themselves from that, and so you know it's it's very clear that whatever they do in the future, we know they're going to get away with it. So they they're just waiting for something. They're waiting for the next excuse to crack down, and, and even if even if they don't crack down all at once, we've seen that over time they just you know they ratchet up, ratchet it up bit by bit. Uh, what was it? A couple of days ago we were talking about uh, the Amtrak. Uh, Train stations are now going to have TSA agents at them searching people randomly. So you're seeing the police state expand out ever further uh, day in and day out, and it's really frightening.
7: Yes, it is. It's really a shame. But we really appreciate your service, and we're going to try to get that message out to people as much as possible. Um, And the biggest thing is talk about it because, you know, it's it's a question of when. The more you talk about it. Uh, the more they'll delay it. And well,
0: and also the other question is, what are we going to do about it? And I suggest, of course, the Free State Project as a, a real solution in the absence of a you know, Ron Paul win this year, which unfortunately doesn't seem too likely. The Free State Project is really something where activists can, can really get as active as they want to uh, for liberty, and it's really exciting. Thank you for the call tonight. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll free number. 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Hey, you want to support the show? You like what we're doing here? Uh, then you can shop with us. Just go to store.freetalklive.com and get yourself some great Free Talk Live branded merchandise, uh, Free Talk Live t-shirts, hats, hoodies. I've got the hoodie on right now, nice and cozy, warm. Uh, Also, lots of other great stuff there. Uh, It's all Free Talk Live originals at store.freetalklive.com. That again, store.freetalklive.com. We just spoke a moment ago with a guy that alerted us to a new Internet affiliate, sort of, I guess. Maybe maybe they're testing us, I'm not sure, Uh, because I haven't actually been contacted by anybody who's setting all this up, but the Ron Paul TV channel is apparently airing Free Talk Live as we speak, and they are somehow, through the magic of wonders of the internet and uh, technology, somehow what they're doing is they're pulling our video camera feed, because we have a cam in here, and you can you can see it for yourself at cam.freetalklive.com. But a few months ago, we added this uh, this video cam feed for people to watch for you know, whatever reason they want to watch us sitting here in the studio. That's great. Uh, but the great thing about the cam is it has a really high-quality audio stream as well, at least when it works. And I'm told that sometimes it's kind of iffy. But, hey, what do you want for free, right? We still have other streams. So if the cam audio stream isn't working so well, then you can try the other ones. But uh, what's amazing is that not only have they somehow pulled our stream and made it into their own stream, because that's not our stream that you're watching. They're serving it on their own server, apparently. Mm -hmm. They've also taken our logo and superimposed it upon the video feed. So it's not just our raw feed. How come
2: they have a better setup than we do?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man.
1: That's what they do for a living.
0: Uh, But they're doing a fine job, and I'm impressed. So thanks to whoever it is over there that made the the decision to put Free Talk Live on the air. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. I'll try to dig up an email address for those guys after the show and send them thanks that way. Uh, So 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls. It's Neil in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Neil. Hey, Neil. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind?
9: Well, um, I was wondering if you guys were aware that uh, Ron Paul put forth a bill to Congress um, to uh, um, get rid of the Federal Reserve.
0: Oh, is this a brand-new development?
9: Um, Actually, he apparently introduced it in June, but it doesn't surprise me that you haven't heard about it. It's a H.R. 2755 Federal Reserve Board Evolution Act. That Um, that would be lovely. It would would totally shut down the Federal Reserve. Um, There are websites right now that are trying to get together, like petitions and such. I just want to really encourage people to call your congressmen and your senators and tell them that you really want this to happen. Yeah, um, I, I really
2: do want it to haven't... happen. <laughs> I, I just uh, I, Ron's Ron's done this before.
0: Didn't Downsize DC pick this one up recently? This issue? I think yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, as a matter of fact, I sent I sent a letter to uh, both my all three of my Congress critters on this one.
0: Yeah, you know what I think I did uh, was I saw the Downsize DC email come in and it mentioned something about Ron. I saw something about Ron Paul has a new bill in and I just scrolled right down to the bottom and I clicked the uh, <laughs> I clicked the the link to to send the emails out. So I believe I've actually sent emails on this without even really knowing much about it. If Jim Babka
1: tells me to send an email about something, it's just like, all right, whatever you say, Jim. (laughs) Sure thing. Yeah, he's done this. Ron Paul's done this before. He's introduced similar bills. But now, because of his presidential campaign and the rising awareness of this issue, I think you're going to get more popular support for it. Maybe so.
0: I hope that, you know, it gets at least a handful of votes. I don't know what to expect. I I wouldn't expect much. But, you know, it never hurts to call these guys. Uh, So, good suggestion. What was it again? H-B-what?
9: H-R- 2755.
0: H.R. 2755. and I And go check DownsizedDC.org. That may be a real easy way to get in touch with your uh, your representatives on this one, because, again, I believe that uh, Jim over at DownsizedDC.org is using this as one of his issues there and, and, and supporting this. So it's, it's a great idea. Anything else on your mind tonight?
9: Um, well, the only other thing I wanted to tell you guys about is um, there's also a website that's being maintained. Um, that promotes uh, candidates with Ron Paul's platform or as close to it as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, they're actually uh, endorsed by Ron Paul. Um, it's uh, paulcongress.com. Um, and if you click on Liberty Candidates while you're there, uh, it gives like little dossiers and links to their, um, their, their individual websites. I was actually pretty happy. There's one in Michigan who's... Uh, um, Platform is really good. Unfortunately, she's not in my district.
0: Now, but, uh, how are they vetting these candidates? How are they going to to know for sure whether or not they're actually serious about liberty, or they're just another politician that's jumping on a bandwagon because he thinks it's going to get him votes?
9: Well, I don't know for sure. I've only started using this website recently, but um, it seems that the people who put it together are really, you know, you know, concerned about that. But I've looked at all the people's platforms. And they're very specific about anything that doesn't quite jive. Like for example, there's another Texas guy, um, who uh you know, like is pretty much like Ron Paul. He just uh he wants us to finish the war in Iraq before we leave. He doesn't just want to leave the uh um
8: Ew. That's government. A you know, pretty he doesn't want to leave the country
9: in shambles. But other than that, he's pretty much the same. Um and uh, I guess a lot of it is just that I don't think people even understand that there really are more Ron Pauls out there um and also, I want so to you guys So they're listing that guy,
0: the guy that wants to keep the war going and clean up the mess somehow. They're listing that guy on this website.
9: Well, um, what's listed is just that. You know, it, it states that he um, he's another guy who's running for Congress in Texas, mm-hmm. and his name is. See, he's right here.
0: Um, I don't really care. What three is. pages
9: of these guys, yeah. by the way. So when you go to the bottom, make sure you look. But. um it just says that he wants to he wants to finish Iraq as quickly as possible, but he still wants to finish Iraq. But sounds like
0: a, a politician. Yeah, exactly. What? How do you finish Iraq? I mean, mm-hmm. there's no there's no end game there. Uh, so that's you know you might as well mark him down as just being another neocon. What what is the current end game for Iraq? <laughs> I mean, right. What are they intending to do
2: over there now? They want to stabilize it. Well, hell! I mean, if you look at uh, some of the cities in this country, aren't stabilized.
0: Yep. If I were, you know, if I was this uh, organizing this particular website, I would not allow anybody to be on it unless they signed the Small Government Pledge at the Center for Small Government, which says, "I will vote small government every issue, every time, no excuses." Uh, that's that's the pledge in a nutshell. And if you know, if if a, if a candidate is not serious enough to to sign that particular pledge, then they shouldn't be promoted as any as a any sort of liberty oriented candidate. So I'd be real I'd be real cautious towards supporting. Any of these guys i have a i have a a high a very uh I, view. yeah very cynical towards these politicians and I believe that you're going to see a lot of people jump on the on board this bandwagon because they 've seen how energetic the Ron Paul supporters are And, you know, if you're a politician You want those energetic people on your side And if you can get them on your side By telling them what they want to hear Which is what politicians do Then, uh, then you know, you might have an extra, a better chance If you've got the, the best of the best activists And that's what Ron Paul attracts He really attracts some, some outstanding activists And I just, I would hate to see A lot of these activists that are really excited About Ron Paul Sort of uh, glom on to one of these other candidates Thinking they're going to be like Ron Paul, and then find out later on that, oh, whoops, I was supporting a guy that actually supports this government over here and supports big government here and, you know, be bummed out or, or disappointed by that. And then, of course, well, well,
9: it, it does give you resources to look them up yourself. I, you know, I would I would suggest that anybody investigated candidate for themselves. It just kind of gives a guideline. But I mean, I'm looking at everything else. He's pro-life, pro-guns, America first in jobs, energy, and industrial power, secure America, reduce foreign dependencies. It's our land, make English the official language. Oh, no all, it all sounds illegals. awful
0: to me. It mm-hmm. sounds terrible. I mean, uh, sounds frightening. Mm-hmm. sounds very scary. Well, I'll give you an example.
2: <laughs> Ron Paul whip. didn't suggest... I'm, I'm sorry, Wayne. Ron Paul didn't suggest making English the f- official language, did he?
9: Um, they've asked him, and he just said uh, that's the language we speak, but he didn't like, make is. a big issue about it.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just
9: what I had heard. But, I mean, overall, though, um, I, I was, was going to say uh, one more thing I wanted to mention was... Um, in addition to Ron Paul TV, uh, I believe you're also being simulcasted on ronpaulradio.com. Um, oh. And uh, everything at Ron Paul TV is also uh, casted onto uh, Ron Paul Radio generally. Well, that's um,
0: fantastic, and I'm I'm glad to hear about that. And, and thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate you bringing that up because I think it's probably this website he's talking about, paulcongress.com, might be a good starting point mm-hmm. you know, to uh, begin to filter down the candidates, but I would not take – Uh, Just because a person is listed on this particular website, obviously, based on what that guy said, does not mean that they have any sort of comprehending or understanding of what liberty is all about. I mean, if you're advocating continuing the war in Iraq, you don't understand uh, the libertarian principle, you don't understand the non-initiation of force, or either that, you've just rejected it, one or the other. And either way, you are not a liberty-oriented candidate.
2: A lot of Ron Paul's support came from the
1: fact that he uh, was, you know,
2: against this war.
1: Get out and get out now. Sure. Yeah. I think he inspired a lot of people and, and opened a lot of people's eyes. But I'm looking, there are three pages of candidates right now on this website. Uh, this, uh, uh, I'm looking at Greg Lewis for Congress out of Florida, and his platform looks essentially like Ron Paul's. So I think you're going to get some that are authentic. The problem mm-hmm. is when you get to Washington for the first time, You're somewhat of a deer in the headlights, and it gets really tempting not to get sucked in or to get sucked into this whole machine in Washington. It was something Ron Paul resisted successfully. Not all of them are going to be able to do that. So, you will get a percentage who will, though. Yep.
0: There's a difference between looking at a candidate's platform and actually having that candidate put their name on a line on a pledge that says they support small government sure, every issue, every time. Sure, lots of them lie about their platforms all the time. Absolutely. That's what the Republicans have been doing for decades, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. So, don't let them fool True. you with the same old tricks. Just because they're calling themselves a Ron Paul candidate doesn't mean anything. Remember, these are politicians we're dealing with. More on the way. Treat them with caution. Hour two's coming up. You take control. It's free talk live.
1: It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies.
9: This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message. Paid for by Phillies 2008.
0: Live, It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves as we launch into hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 9231 The SACL CAI toll-free line. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Now, I said that uh, coming up here, Mark, you had a story about a nightclub. They they still do have it. I don't know what state this was in, but they have found a loophole, apparently, in one of these state uh, smoking bans that makes it so... And you probably had this in the state where you live. It seems like it's spreading like a awful infection across the country. Uh, the idea that if you run a business, you can't allow people to smoke in it, which, of course, really the secret message there is that you don't actually own your business. You just get to run it, and the government gets to tell you how. Uh, And
2: they get to collect uh, money, you know, taxes off of you running it. Right. So what is the story, Mark? Um, From MyFoxTwinCities.com, Maplewood, Minnesota, smoking will take place indoors at the Rock Nightclub in Maplewood tonight. A live performance titled... Before the ban will allow performers to smoke indoors because
0: it's a loophole in Minnesota's statewide smoking ban. Have you got that? Uh, so, I'm, what I'm understanding is in the smoking ban, if you're a performance artist, you can smoke.
2: That's correct. During performances, one can smoke. So, if there are plays, and I'm, and I'm sure there are, mm-hmm. where cigarettes are involved, you don't have to walk around with an unlit cigarette. You can have a lit cigarette. Because so, um, that's more authentic. That's right. Uh, the, the Rock Nightclub will be holding a performance of Before the Ban. And uh, what is that? But it's the smoking ban allows actors in theatrical performances. Oh before the ban. Oh, I get it. Yep. Right. <laughs> the smoking um the smoking ban allows actors <laughs> to smoke in theatrical performances. Barnacles Resort and uh Millie Lax held a performance earlier this month that allowed smoking. The resort handed out programs and sold buttons, um, designating their customers as performers. <laughs> Barnacles Resort co owner Sheila Cromer said that she plans to repeat the production every Saturday. That's brilliant. the Rock Night Club. Um, says before the ban is a performance that brings you back to a much happier time and place. <laughs> the smoking ban outlawed smoking in bars, restaurants, and uh, most other out indoor workplaces in Minnesota last October. So,
0: awesome. <laughs> um,
2: apparently, there's not a lot. It, it's sort of an impromptu uh, performance, and uh, you know, very a loose,
0: performance is a performance.
2: It's a very loose script. But uh, you can pay to be a, um, an actor in the performance, and uh, during the performance, you can smoke in this bar.
0: I love it; <laughs> it's hilarious. So, any uh, ideas to what the state's response is yet, or is this like fresh? Uh, it's so fresh. fresh. State it's
2: is fresh. There is no response. From you the could state. better
0: believe the state's going to come down hard now.
2: They're not going to particularly like not that. They don't like people pleased. just getting around their little uh, rules.
0: Right. How dare, how dare you little people, you peons. You think you can just go and run your business how you want? <laughs> you think we'll you, show you. You you're free to smoke in your own businesses? We'll show you. What's that? You think adults can consent with one another as to how to interact together? Well, <laughs> we know what's best. Obey, citizen. Yep, that's how it'll be. Well, now if it really is a uh, link, you know, a loophole in the law, they may actually have to go through the process of changing the law, which eh, it could take a little while for them to uh, to push that through. But you know, they might try to close this over time. But I hope someone will keep us up to date with that. What's what state was that again? Minnesota. Minnesota.
1: See, Good all, for them. all this also comes under the paradigm of socialized medicine because they're saying, well, you know, uh, since the, we're all paying for your medical care for you to smoke, then we don't want you to smoke.
2: And and I I can totally understand. If I was paying for someone's medical care out of my pocket, they wouldn't be allowed to do anything. They're not allowed to eat too much. They're not allowed to smoke. They're not allowed to do anything. But the fact is, they should be responsible for their own health. And interestingly, uh, there's a study out of Britain that says, in fact, obese people and smokers cost less to their uh, socialized medical system over there than uh, healthy people do. Healthy people live too damn long. That's right. Yep. Obese people and smokers, they're good for the system. Uh, yeah,
0: they that, died at 50. I don't think that's going to persuade the socialists to uh, let, no, they let their people go it's, and eat fatty foods. It's not about health. It's about control. control. Yep. yep. And In fact, speaking of health, it uh, turns out that doctors, uh, a lot of doctors in America are getting very upset over some of these quick clinics that are popping up in strip malls and Walmarts around the country. We'll get to that story in a moment. But first, your calls. Uh, you can make them about anything. Let's talk to Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello.
5: Hi there. Um, I... Uh wanted to tell you guys this because you're the only people i know that would respond in the same way i did at least i think so uh i work with a uh, neoconservative guy and uh we we are uh, electricians um electrical technicians and we work in the oil field so we have about 25 rigs that we take care of and mm-hmm. they have a problem they call us and we show up and we fix it got it and uh a lot of these guys are pretty interesting characters to talk to so uh we show up this rig and this guy has a sticker up above his computer that says, uh, when guns are illegalized and I'll be a criminal or something like this, you know, out of my mm. cold bit fingers or, or whatever, you know, one of those, pro one of those gun guys, locations. sure. Right. And, uh, so we started talking about that. Uh, in fact, I didn't bring it up. The other guy did the neocon that I worked with. He brought it up. And, uh, he, so I said something about the, uh, New Orleans gun grabs, you know, when they were, uh, taking people's guns down there. Yeah. After Hurricane uh,
0: Katrina, they, uh, went, right, literally exactly. went house to house taking people's guns.
5: Getting get indoors, I heard. What I heard was that there was only one guy who uh, was able to keep his guns, and he was a constitutional lawyer, and he actually debated the Constitution with the uh, with the army officer in charge, and they let him. They let him. Be no, I don't
0: think it was. I don't, don't think he was him. debating the Constitution. He threatened to shoot them if they came up. And that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was? Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
5: <laughs> that's even yep. better. Um, but anyway, this. uh So I, I mentioned this, and I said how terrible this was, thinking, of course, that I was going to get sympathy from this neoconservative. You know, generally we can agree on some things, you know?
2: Sure. And, guns usually are something you can libertarians can agree with co- conservatives on.
5: Sure, absolutely. And this guy just, I mean, got enraged and said, well, the reason why they were doing that is because they were getting shot at and blah, blah, blah. And he thought it was <laughs> a really good idea. And, and it reminded me of what Richard Maybury says about uh, uh, natural law versus civil law, where civil law is where they make it up as they go. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, obviously this guy doesn't believe in natural law. I mean, he, and he, he obviously believes that, you know, if the emperor says jump, you're supposed to ask how yep. high. He
0: doesn't have a principal bone in his body.
5: Exactly. There's no principle behind, behind this position. Gun grabbing is uh, okay if it's being done because they're shooting at the gun grabbers.
0: Wow. You know, and again, that was just an allegation. I mean, we we don't even know if it was true that they were being shot at. It was just what they were claiming.
5: Exactly. For all I, we know, heard, a
0: car backfired, and they got all freaked out.
5: Oh, I heard a few stories. And and the thing, and I, I kind of tried to apologize for the guy in my mind, that is, later on. And I said, well, he's a military vet. And then I said, hold on, I'm a military vet, too. In fact, <laughs> I was in twice as long as he was. <laughs>
0: Wow so yeah there's just no it. excuse there's just no excuse for that follower mentality, that sheep uh mentality, whatever the government says goes, and it's just so sad to see people that you know when the Democrats were in office would have been all in favor if, if the Democrats had confiscated people's well, guns, they would have been up in arms and out, oh, oh so yeah. upset,
5: yeah, the, yeah, and you remember the Jack boot and thugs comment uh that got uh with George H. w. Bush. I'm sure you guys remember that. I don't recall. Mark that one does. He's about my age. Yeah, he uh, apparently, the, uh, I think it was Wayne Lafayette, sent out a letter and described uh, the uh, B A T F E guys as jackbooted thugs, mm. and George H.W. Bush uh, resigned his membership from the NRA immediately.
1: It was only a ceremonial membership anyway. He's not a... Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> baloney. Yeah. You know,
2: um, in this particular case, when I, when I talk to conservatives... They have a high respect for the Founding Fathers and uh, the Constitution they claim and, they think and things they do. like that. Well, they they think they do. So what I like to do when I'm in a disagreement with them is ask them things like, well, do you think the Founding Fathers would have given up their weapons if the government sure, came door-to-door and, and, and started yeah. confiscating them?
5: Of course. And that's what I told the guy. My only response, because I'm done arguing with him. Or that You know, I, I passed that point a long time sure. ago. Right. And I just sighed my eyes now. But, but the one retort that I did give was, well, to my mind, the uh, the Second Amendment doesn't say, you know, you have the right to keep and bear arms unless, you know, an, a National Guard guy got shot at once. Yeah. Uh, it says you have a right to keep and
0: bear arms.
1: And it's not for hunting, so, either. It's to defend yourself from... Oh, that's enemies.
5: absolutely not for That's
0: right. Yeah. Great call tonight, Stephen. Thanks for making it, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know what their excuse might be, though, Mark? If you brought that thing up about the uh, the founding fathers, to say, "Well, that was the British. This is our government. Yeah, well, uh, we should respect what yeah, they say." Yeah, but the
1: terrorists.
2: I would love to get into a conversation where, um, with a uh, conservative, where I'm comparing the British government to our government. <laughs> I would love, to, I, I, I want that opportunity because they weren't taxing us
0: nearly as Ew. much when the uh, Insufferable Acts a went fraction. through. It was a fraction of the taxes that a fraction uh, of Americans, Americans pay today. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Quick care clinics are apparently quite the threat to the American medical establishment. They're very upset. Some of these doctors. We'll explain that on the Tough. way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Cycle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. and hey, Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and get them for free online. Right there on the front page of the website, there is no logging in. There are no membership fees. You just click and download. It's that simple, and it's free. FreeTalkLive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks. That's LegalZoom.com. We go to the phones and to the fun. Dave in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave.
3: Hey, how are you guys? What's on your mind? I keep on hearing the Republicans saying they're going to lower the taxes and everything, and in the same breath, they're going to—they said they're going to fight a war for the next hundred years. <laughs> I, I think, that, I think they lost their mind or something. I think they're so. They can't add.
0: I think the people that have lost their minds are the ones that keep believing this crap.
3: I can't believe it, man. We spent over like a trillion and a half dollars already—two hundred and fifty million a day on this war. And, and and what we get, we get more, more dead people and yep. higher bills. Everything going up. These guys. More people nuts, hating you
0: know. Americans.
3: Yeah, the world is like thinking we're Nazis and stuff like that. You know, and and what do we get today? We get guys out with machine guns at train stations. You know, mm. they, all they gave us was the KGB and the SS, man. And these guys are crazy. I think they're all nuts. And uh, we we got to do something. Man. And the, but nobody will do it because everybody's paid off with their loans and their interest. They're and, scared, And their too. stock and, and their investments and, and everything. But we could end it tomorrow. We don't buy gas. We pull our kids out of the school. We have home sit-ins. We don't go to work
0: well, well, I don't know if that's going to be effective. Keep
3: the vital things going. Keep uh, the vital things going, the food moving. I like everything.
0: the idea, Dave, of doing something, but I think not buying gas is, is not going to solve the problem. And I don't think that uh, – I, I love your idea of pulling the kids out of the government schools. I think that's a great idea. I well, think. Well, no,
3: you, if, you, if you do five things, you stop, buy the minimal most less of gas that you can, pull the kids out of school, take your money out of the bank – Take your money out of the stock market and don't buy insurance and don't go shopping because right after 9-11, what did the president tell us to do? Go shopping. That means if we don't go shopping, they're hurt. We hit them yeah. in the pocket.
0: No, that's okay? not. I, I think the you're missing the point.
3: dollars is what's keeping this monster alive. With all due respect, and Dave, I think you're missing the point, my friend.
0: What's keeping cars. What's keeping the monster alive is people's continued insistence that we need to have it around and their continued desire to support it financially. The people that you're talking about withdrawing your money from are the wrong, uh, wrong org- organizations. You know, if you don't buy things, then you're just making your life less comfortable. Uh, those companies that are manufacturing those products are not the problem it's the government that's the problem that's what people should be holding their money back from the
3: government now <laughs> the insurance companies they're causing all the shots who's the insurance companies the oil companies because petrodollars is the backbone of the, the monster well i and, and when and you say insurance companies we
0: know you've got an axe to grind uh, dave just from your fi- your pri- they're previous they're calls we there. know it you've got an axe to grind oil. when it comes it's to an
3: insult to humanity that we're still burning this stuff
0: well, you know, when it comes to health insurance, we know how you feel about that, but and I'm well, no, not, I don't have the, health insurance.
3: Insu- no, that that's just medical thing, man. Are you saying there's a problem with auto, just, auto insurance? He was healing people for free, and they didn't like that. They said, you can't do that. That's a sin. You can't be out there healing Who's? people. You've yes. got to make money off it. we got to make a profit <laughs> off of healing people.
0: Well, I love the idea that people can profit from healing people. They should do that because it's the it's profit that uh, provides possibilities, know, Dave. There, thanks for the call there's, tonight. There's a
8: fun...
0: Yeah, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I can't, can't agree with that at all. Uh, I think that uh, there's nothing wrong with people profiting from solving problems. That's why we have all the wonderful things that we have in this world. All of the great things that make our lives so much easier and more convenient are all because somebody out there decided they wanted to make a buck.
2: Well, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I like to hear what Dave says uh, because I think that he, he's thinking. And that's really all I'm asking from the American public. Please, please. Think, because it's the uh, mindless zombies out there are the ones that have sold our Constitution down the river, that have sold our country down the river and, uh, you know, turned us into this corporatist
0: fascist socialist government that we have yeah there's no doubt that's that uh some insurance companies are in bed and in cahoots with with politicians no doubt about that especially when it comes to states like massachusetts where it's really a good old boys network and i would absolutely agree that in that case well maybe you know you should consider some alternative options maybe a medical savings account or some other uh option instead of this full coverage insurance that so many people think is so important Uh, but to suggest that all insurance is bad i think is asinine uh Having automotive insurance and having house and, you know, home insurance, two very, very important things. Uh, Insurance is an important service, and that's why it's popular in the marketplace.
1: However, when the government mandates that you have to have certain insurances, then it gets a little oppressive because then you have government in bed with the insurance industry, essentially. And I think that's part of what Dave's talking about is, but a lot of people who sound like him confuse the corporations from the government when really they're the same thing in many cases. That is true. They so, eliminate competition. They, the government allows certain special interests to weasel their way in between the buyer and the seller in a transaction. I and agree. that drives the price up. I agree with
0: the suggestion that you pull the kids out of government school. I think that's a great suggestion. Get them out as soon as possible. And then once you've done that, stop paying property taxes, on uh, at least for the government school portion. I know around here they charge about sixty percent of the property taxes go to government schools. Yeah, that'd be another twenty five hundred or twenty six hundred dollars in my pocket every single year. I could take some of that money, pass it on to my renters, and save them, you know, a thousand or two thousand bucks a year, they and they could take their kid out of school too. And parents uh, would have that extra money to uh,
2: to pay tuition for their their kids. They would be able to pick the school and therefore the curriculum. They'd be that much more involved because there'd actually be a decision making process. It's not like there's there's barely even a decision
0: making proce- process in education right now. That would be a revolt that would actually make some sense and would actually be pretty powerful if parents were to pull their kids out of the government school and simultaneously say, you know you know what, we're just not going to pay taxes for this anymore. Sorry, we're not using your services, so we don't feel an obligation to pay for them. Thanks, but no thanks. And then withhold that particular portion of their property taxes. The problem, of course, is that people are frightened to death of uh, withholding taxes from the government because they know that eventually the government people are going to come after them.
1: With guns. Either,
0: right, with guns. They're going to come after their property. They're going to come after their freedom, one or the other. And so it's, there's going to have to be a point at which people somehow can organize themselves to get together to back each other up and say, Look, if you do this, I'll do this. Let's stop paying these thugs. Stop it. Because if you keep paying them, you're feeding the monster, as Dave said. The monster is the government. It's not these private companies that are just trying to provide you with products and services. They're not the problem. The problem is the power, and the problem is the state. They are the people that need to be fought against. And I don't mean with violence. I mean with nonviolence. Resisted. Yeah, resistance. Civil disobedience. You never signed an agreement to pay these thugs. They're demanding money from you. Treat them like you would any other common thug on the street. Right. You know, we don't, we don't deal with terrorists. You don't negotiate with terrorists. Exactly. Now, of course, a common thug on the street you can actually physically uh, defend yourself from, which is not going to be an effective option when it comes to the government, because they will overpower you and they will kill you. Uh, but if enough people nonviolently resist, they can't put us all in jail. The system can't support that. No they have to pay for that. And if you're not paying taxes, where are they going to get that money from to put you in jail? The local governments can't print it. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, it is your show and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll free number at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive dot com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us, including The Wiki. Get interactive and create or edit whatever's there. You can change pretty much over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to, again, uh, change at your leisure. Wiki.freetalklive.com. March 12th through the 15th is the 56th running of the Mobile 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida, the world's fastest sports cars will battle for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. For tickets and information, call 1-800-626-RACE or visit sebringraceway.com. March 12th through the 15th. You won't want to miss it. In fact, uh, coming up uh, all throughout this week, our listeners in various different venues on the radio, uh, live listeners on our stream, uh, amplifiers, uh, people will be having opportunities to win these tickets, by the way. We've got a, like 12 tickets sitting here. I already managed to give away a handful of them. Uh, but these are, what are these, $100 tickets, Mark? These yeah. are the full four-day pass. This isn't some chintzy one-day, four-hour exclusive pass. This is the entire event. Uh, you get in. Mm-hmm. So, very nice tickets. We're giving them away all week long.
2: It, it, as a matter of fact, it allows you to get down there and see the, uh,
0: the cars before they race and, and all kinds of stuff. So, really? Yeah. That's exclusive stuff. It's mm-hmm. a good deal. So, stay tuned to more Free Talk Live for your opportunity to win. If you're not a member of, the, uh, by the way, the Free Talk Live updates list, highly recommend that, because at some point, I'm going to send out an email update, giving our updates uh, users the opportunity to win this, and it's going to be like first come, first serve. So, those of you who are Watching your email boxes closely, whoever responds first is probably going to get the uh, the tickets. So it's a
2: good reason to be uh, signed up to the, uh, for the yeah. updates at updates.freetalklive.com. That's a damn easy Update? way. To,
0: updates.freetalklive.com because we send more than one. I see. Uh, so get signed up, get on the list, and uh, get ready to win, win, win. It's a Le Mans race, by the way, not uh, NASCAR. What's that mean? It's NASCAR.
2: What does NASCAR mean? Hell if I know. There you go. That's what Le Mans means. <laughs> it's, a, it's a name.
1: <laughs> it's a type of car they use, and the rules are a little different. Okay,
0: there you go. The racing people, they know the difference,
2: right? Le
1: Mans. I think it's more of a European-style yes, racing. Yes, that does yeah. sound European. I just don't want to
2: sound silly and try to, uh, you know, uh, sound Split French it. when I do it, yeah.
0: All right, let's continue with your phone calls and talk to Pete in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live. Pete? Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind?
10: Uh, Well, um I'm I'm in Winnipeg, but um, I might not be American, but there's no doubt that the outcome and policies that are going to be placed in the USA will definitely influence the decisions made by our government here in Canada.
0: Absolutely.
10: We're we're slowly losing our freedoms as well. And what's sad is that uh, I hear a lot of people saying how apathetic American voters are and Americans in general towards towards their politics. And in Canada, it's even worse. Really? Um, uh, we we need, can't even spell out what's going wrong with our country and be listened to. People just keep on walking by. You can't hand them a handout. It's really
8: mm.
10: like in some forms and, and aspects we're a very lucrative co- um, country. I mean, our, our dollar is actually technically worth more than the American dollar in the first time in like yeah. something like fifty years. But uh, on the other hand, there's reasons for that that are directly influenced by decisions made by the uh, politicians in the White House and also on Parliament Hill here in Canada. Um, there there was a, a video that I saw on YouTube called Tax Day 2008, and if you search under that, Tax Day 2008, uh, Americans will recognize that as April 15th. And um, this video starts off with a quote that, if you don't mind, I'd like to read here. Okay, sure. It says, uh, a wise Roman senator once said, um, Uh, we should make all slaves wear a white armband so that we can identify them. And a wiser senator said, no, if they were all to be commonly marked in such a way, they would see how many they were, and they would revolt. Mm -hmm. Now, on YouTube, if you search for that Tax Day 2008, you'll find a video explaining the entire initiative. It's kind of complicated. Can you give us the executive um, summary? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Step one. Withdraw all your cash from your bank for a whole day, at least one day, all of your cash. Anything that you can withdraw that isn't from a credit card, uh, like don't, don't max out your credit card. <laughs> yeah,
0: that wouldn't out. be smart. Right, that's not yeah, your cash.
10: Take, <laughs> take the cash that you have on hand that you can take out of the bank and take it all out if you're asked why. Uh, again, you'll have to see the video, but you, you would explain your points and what you believe in from that video. Mm-hmm. And uh, also not to buy anything that day. And um, that, that includes gas, that includes milk, that includes um, tampons, you know, like anything. Oh, don't boy. buy anything that not
0: understand. Day. I don't understand that aspect. That seems to me like an anti-consumerist uh, kind of viewpoint, and it doesn't make sense to me. But what's right. the rest well, of it?
10: C- consider this, though. Uh, the, federal, the Federal Reserve uses the money that you have in holding in the bank as um, the capital that they use to loan out other money. And if enough people remove all of the money that they have on hand from the banks it's well it won 't make the market crash, but it will definitely cause uh, a, a lot of discomfort with the Fed now on top of all of this, what they 're asking you to do in the video is also to wear a white armband and if possible, either call in sick from work or and, and also to march on washington hmm. uh, washington d c uh, This may or may not be um, coinciding with ron paul's uh, call to march it's gonna be darn
2: uh, difficult not to buy anything on the day that i go to washington dc considering um, you know i'm gonna go to to eat get, i've got to drive there uh, you know all those things i mean how how am i going to operate a motor vehicle from uh, new hampshire to um washington dc and and not stop for a few, at least a couple tanks of gas
10: well, uh, there's always jerry cans the day before. Oh, dear back God, a, you want to kill me. <laughs> what was it, Jerry? What? Well, I'm, I'm not suggesting that somebody travel halfway across the country to go and march on Washington. Uh, if it's a couple of states but away. I was
2: considering doing like that. End. I mean, I, I, you know, I, it's 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 not outside of the realm
0: of possibility of what I was thinking about doing. Talk about a waste of gas, Mark. What is that? Driving to Washington, D.C. to march on Washington? I mean, come on. How many other marches on Washington, D.C. have actually t- res- resulted in anything tangible? How, how many people are going to be there? It uh, doesn't matter to me. doesn't matter because they're just going to ignore you, just like they ignore your phone calls.
2: It, look, you have to do some things so that you get ignored, so that you have an excuse for um, you know, taking your next step, whatever that might be.
0: Yeah, I see what when you're Martin, saying, but people have been ignored when, for a long time. Why do we need to get ignored again? Why don't you just take the damn Mar- next step? When
10: Martin Luther King spoke out, um, I, I believe that that was in Washington, I could be wrong, but again, it's not my history, I'm just trying to research this myself, and uh, 250,000 people showed up, and everybody knows who Martin Luther King is.
2: There's, that's true. Yeah. Well, he pretty uh, much did it first, or at least, uh, you know, he, he, there, he, had the, he had the luck of history on his side.
0: Well, there was also an important civil disobedience uh, aspect to what they were doing back then, which there, there is... is, is it now. There's not now. No. No,
10: and not not civil. No, no, no. It it's governmental disobedience. What's that mean? Well, in my respect, uh and this is the understanding that I have of of your politics as well as our own here in Canada, the government works for you, not the other way around. No,
0: it does it. Come on, get real. When's the not last right time now. the government did anything poli- for you? Theoretically. That's
10: why Ron Paul's uh, in trying to introduce to you guys uh, a smaller government so that he can prove to you that the government is supposed to work to your end. Nonsense. Your
0: means. Never going to happen. The government doesn't do anything for you. It only does things for itself. Even if Ron Paul's in charge, the government won't work for you. If Ron Paul managed to get manages to get elected, then the government will do less to us. That would be nice, because that's what the government does. It victimizes everybody it, it comes across. So with Ron Paul leading the gang, it would victimize less people around the country, but it would never do anything for you, and nor do I want the government to do anything for me, except leave me the hell alone. By the way, though, I, I, you know, if that's what y'all want to do is go and march on Washington, I wouldn't stop you. Go, go ahead and you know spend all that money to throw all that money down a rat hole and uh, spend that money to go to Washington, D.C. so you can stand around in the hot sun all day and have the politicians laughing at you from their air-conditioned offices. Thanks for
2: the call. I don't suspect on April the 15th that they'll, they'll be too hot of a day.
0: Yeah, well, whatever. Thank you for the call, though, and I wish you the best of luck. 800-259-9231, because you know, the, the anti-consumerists have tried this before. Where, oh, don't buy, it's Buy Nothing Day. You're really going to show those corporations that you are serious about buying nothing. Just don't buy anything. Of course, then everybody goes and they buy all their gas the day before, so they don't buy gas on Buy Nothing Day. And it doesn't do anything to change anything at all. It just makes a few activists feel like they're doing something. And I don't really see very much that's going to be effective there. Okay, yeah, if you march on Washington, you might get some press coverage. That might result in something positive. But man, don't put too much effort into going to that thing. More on the way. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. And if you enjoy the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. So get the stuff you need for life. Feel good because you're getting a great deal getting the products from the, uh, the the brands that you recognize and getting free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. And also feel good because you know a percentage of your purchase is going to benefit Free Talk Live. Even if it's used items that you're ordering through Amazon, we will get a cut if you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. I want to talk a little more about uh, our call with Pete. And I didn't mean to sound harsh when uh, when I got you know took Pete off the air there. Well, you did. I did sound pretty harsh. And it's because I, I just get so upset thinking about people wasting their time and money doing something that they think is going to to make a difference and i you know i've done this before in the past so it's not like i'm coming from a position of uh not knowing what i'm talking about i've thrown my money down a rat hole too okay so i know uh it was called the libertarian party (laughs) and uh that money's gone and it's not coming back to me but that's all right water under the bridge moving on joined the free state project Actually, important things that are working or happening here in New Hampshire is uh, because of the Free State Project. Uh, But just to recap what what Pete had said a few moments ago, he said there was going to be this protest in America on April 15th in Washington, D.C., where people from around the country are going to converge on D.C., and they're going to march. And uh, the idea is to get government to start doing things right because government is supposed to be serving us people. That's what government's supposed to do. And, yeah, if you believe what they tell you, then the purpose of government, I mean, go ahead, read some state constitutions. It's out there. It's written down. uh, So it must be true, right? The purpose of government is to protect and maintain individual rights and liberty and protect your property, blah, blah blah. And that's it. Right. But when has government ever actually done that? And how can they do that? Because there's a paradox in play here. The paradox is that if government claims that its purpose is to protect your life, your liberty, and your property, then how can it do that, really, without violating your life, liberty, and property? Because government only has one method of raising funds, or at least one method they've ever tried, and that is to coerce you. That is to threaten you with violence, with the theft of your property, to threaten you to get you to comply. So, huh... Wait, hold on a second. Aren't they supposed to protect me? How is it they can protect me if they're threatening me first? That doesn't connect for me. There's a disconnect there. And I think that more people need to become uh, cognizant of that serious problem. There, There's a uh, serious logic flaw when it comes to government. And people need to become aware of that. And this is one of the this is one of the kind of the downsides to the Ron Paul campaign. And the you know the voluntarists are right about this. And don't you know don't get me wrong. I've sent money to the Ron Paul campaign, hundreds of dollars. Okay, so I like what he's doing, and I think that overall it's very beneficial what Ron Paul's doing. And that he's bringing people to the Liberty movement for the first time. And it's inevitable that from that point they will continue to explore more of the movement that beyond just the Ron Paul campaign. Or at least I hope they will. I know that some of them have. They found our show, for instance. They found the Free State Project as a result of the Ron Paul campaign. That's good. That's what we want to happen. But I think one of the downsides is that those that don't go and do that exploring, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be under the mistaken impression that government is reformable. That government can behave. That government can be, uh, you know, an agency to do good if we can you know, just put the right people in charge. I,
2: I do. I, I agree with you that the government is, is dangerous. Uh, like uh, George Washington said, it's it's like fire. It's it's a fearful master. I think Ron Paul would agree with that too. But some people out there, um, most people, I would say, would uh, would be of the opinion that we would be better off with. A dangerous small government than we would with no government at all oh sure sure so um those that's what those people are trying to oh, you do you said
0: you said no government at all. i thought you said big government no My government. apologies no they, yeah, they some be, people
2: are misinformed well um, that's no no how how are they misinformed you don't have any information you have some speculation you have drawn some, some conclusions that the world would be better off without government the, the like, world would be better you off without have any, people
0: initiating force
2: you don't yes right it sure oh would. yeah it sure would now you're in the, now you're in the area of Fantasy, because people absolutely, positively will initiate force. They do it. The prisons are full of them, and the government is full of them. Well,
0: the prisons are full of nonviolent drug offenders, and there's a few guys that committed, you know, violent
2: acts. Quite a few. I was in with them, and I, I'm I'm quite aware. And a lot of those drug um, drug guys are, you know, they're in there for some of that stuff too. So. To, to think that you're going to have a world where they don't initiate force is poppycock. I mean, never it's, said it's, that. It's a pipe dream. All it's I ludicrous. said, all it's I'm so is than marching on Washington, Sorry, that's for but sure. No, no, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it it's is. not a pipe dream. You think that the world never can, said, can happen without initiating force? I never said you that. You said that the, the wor- world would be
0: better off without initiating force. That's right. And I never said that there would be a world where there was no initiation of force, Mark. All I'm you looking for You suggested
2: that if we got rid of the government that there wouldn't be a world where they initiate force. That's what, what
0: what's your suggestion? Nope, was. sorry. You must have misheard me. No, no, i said right here. I'm, nope, I'm used to You must have this misinterpreted platform. then. Or maybe I miscommunicated, because I never said that there would ever be a world without the initiation of force. That would be absurd, Mark. It would be. What there should be is a world where the initiation of force is not institutionalized in the form of government. If you want to have individuals out there initiating force, well, they're going to have force. Defended, uh, you know, defensive force will be used against them, and those situations will take care of themselves. That would be. Well, that we would, want to would, get rid of those of us who are voluntarists, who advocate the voluntary interaction between human beings. We want to get rid of the institutionalization of the initiation of force, the monopoly that government people have over the initiation of force. That would be That's good. Um, and I I would concur with you that it would be
2: really great to get rid of this dangerous uh, organization called government and to have society hold together. I'm not sure that both of those things. Can Happen at the same time. That's why I'm not a voluntarist. But um, it, it seems to me that it, when Ron Paul, uh, who is right now the de facto leader of the libertarian movement, um, cl- calls on us to uh, go and uh, to Washington and march on Washington, for whatever reason,
0: eh, one should put serious consideration behind that. like to know what you think it will accomplish if you're somebody that actually is in favor of marching on Washington. I, for one, am done with Washington. I have no interest. Uh, The only reason I'm going there this year is for a radio convention, and I probably won't go back after this year. Uh, But I have no interest in in spending any time in that hellhole. Uh, so, really, would love to hear from you at 800 259 Plus, if you want to defend Mark's c- uh, claim that society would crumble without an armed gang of thugs standing around, would love to hear that one, too. Not my claim. It's that just was fear. fear of you. Oh, okay, your fear. It's a fear of mine. Yeah, if you want
2: to... I don't know. I don't know, Ian. I'd be interested in peeling the little layers off of government one layer at a time after we get to a, a small government. But... I'm not convinced that we wouldn't get some maybe bigger, more intrusive government out of the deal. I don't know. I know that uh, throughout human history, we've always had governments. And it's always been from people who are strong,
1: big. And when governments got too big, bad things happen to the people. It always happens that way. It's true. That's when the most people, the biggest mass murders happen. It's usually at the hands of, of government that gets out of control.
0: I think that what I'm uh, most disappointed about is that these people are so upset, and they, they, want, so, they want change so badly, but they're going about uh, trying to achieve it through some of the most ineffective means. And I think it would be far more effective, and for instance, you will agree with me, Mark, that not buying stuff is not going to do a damn thing. That's <laughs> not going to do anything. I think
2: that, I think that if we could get enough people to not buy gasoline and not buy consumer products and withdraw their money from the banks, that you could send a strong message. To who? To enough people out there that they would pay attention? To some politicians? To some big corporate leaders? What's the message? The message is, we, the American people, are pretty darn pissed off. So we're going to not buy food and stuff? Well, some... so There's all kinds de- of um, ineffective, uh, as far as I'm concerned, most civil disobedience certainly looks ineffective. In the- tri-
0: they've tried this every year, Mark. It's called the Buy Nothing Day, and we've made fun of it before. But yeah. now here you are saying you think it's going to do something because somebody called up and said oh, they support Ron Paul. Oh, I don't think that you're going to
2: get people to do it, is what uh, my contention is. Oh, so it- you've always thought it was a good idea? No, I think that you can send a message. I just don't think people will do it.
1: Right, you know, they even have the no ga- buy gasoline days because they're mad about uh, gas prices going higher. But when you do that, you just create pent up demand a few days later. Mm-hmm. So it ends up you, they end up selling the same amount of stuff, so they don't freak out. Long. There's not enough time for them not to have any business. To actually be concerned Right.
2: And, and I'm not really. Uh, Ian's now focusing on the consumerist aspect of this. To me, that would be the smallest uh, portion of this um, that would the work. To me, it would uh, be mo- far more effective to withdraw your money from the banks, like the uh, gentleman suggested, than to carry around uh, gallons of gasoline in the back of your car while with,
0: you. I think the, that was an interesting dying one. A fiery ball. The, the, the idea of withdrawing. The, <laughs> the idea of a bank run was kind of an interesting one. That one I'd never heard before, and right. I, that one's intriguing to me. And, and you know, the, the, that's
2: not my biggest issue by any stretch of the imagination. It sounds maybe like the anti-consumerists are uh, piggybacking on this uh, um, on Ron Paul's suggestion that we go March.
0: But You know, if you are willing to uh, withdraw your money from the bank, if you've got over $10,000 in cash in your bank account, you will be subject yeah. to a cash transaction report, just so you know, which means that the bank will be filling out a government snitch form on you uh, for doing that. Will that result in further Treasury investigation of your accounts and your activities? Maybe. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. As we launch an hour number three of the show, 800-259-9231. Once again, freetalklive.com. By the way, all the features there we give away, so enjoy all of those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Dot com. We go right into your phone calls. People have been waiting patiently. Let's talk to Craig, listening in Loma Linda on KCAA. Hey, Craig.
4: Hey, you guys. Hello. Good evening. I love how your show talks about uh, know, the philosophical type type of talking. It's only on your show. No other show does that. But, well, uh,
8: thank you for that.
4: Yeah, it's really neat. Um, regarding the March on Washington idea... Uh, I've done that a few times in various causes I'm involved with. I'm
8: yeah, how'd it go for I'm involved with you.
4: causes similar to yours as well as other ones, and I, I don't think it's a good idea, normally speaking, because it really doesn't do anything, and nobody pays attention. You get mentioned on right. the news. If you're mentioned, you get mentioned for about two seconds. Usually, they don't mention the marches at all. Mm -hmm. You're right. And just look at the most successful march in the last decade, the Million Man March. That that was the most successful, and even that was barely mentioned.
2: It wasn't. Well, yeah. I mean, if anything, all they did was mention it to to say that it wasn't a million men.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. They they only pointed out that ha ha, they didn't make their goal.
4: Right. And I think there's probably exceptions to my generalizations here. I mean, if if, if we can get enough people to go there and not do a march, but like hold hands and surround the the Capitol or surround the White House, just completely scare those people, that might be good. But a traditional march, the the days of that being effective are, are over.
0: Well, right. I mean, what you were talking about—holding hands and surrounding something, or standing in a doorway, for instance, or a sit-in—you know—that involves a civil disobedience component. That most of these ideas, they don't—they're not offering up civil disobedience uh, aspects to it. And if you aren't being disobedient, then you're definitely not going to get any uh, any coverage. I mean, look at what Cindy Sheehan managed to do. I mean, she managed to get arrested several times by being just somewhat disobedient. I mean, it wasn't really even uh, particularly uh, egregious. Examples of civil disobedience are noticeable ones, but uh, she got arrested, and that's why the the press took notice, and she got all kinds of coverage as a result of that. But going into uh you know going into the national mall and waving a bunch of signs and yelling is not going to do anything uh to to advance freedom or liberty in our lifetime. Okay, yeah, maybe it will get you a few mentions, maybe a few people passing by will uh, grab a flyer and learn a thing or two. So okay, you could benefit that you know from that aspect, but. Spending the money that it takes to get there, it's not a good return on investment. If you're going to spend hundreds of dollars to go take a trip to Washington D.C. for a day, uh, you might as well take those hundreds of dollars and donate a hundred to the Ron Paul campaign, donate another donate another hundred to the Free State Project, donate a hundred to Free Talk Live, and then you know send another hundred dollars to wherever it is you think it would uh, best go. And the money will be far better spent and get a far better return on investment than just you know standing around in the in the sun and. Washington D.C. It just seems to be just such a waste of time, and I think that if more people in this country would actually take on incidents of civil disobedience, then yep. we'd have a lot more change, a lot quicker. But then again, that actually takes real courage. It doesn't take much courage to stand around and hold a sign, but actually refuse to pay uh, to refuse to pay taxes that takes some actual you know cojones.
4: Right, and I think you know when I participated in these things, they were fun and. I enjoyed it as, for the vacation aspect and sure. the networking aspects, but as far as the goal of uh, of achieving something, not much is really achieved.
0: You got it. Anything else on your mind tonight?
4: Uh, no, but you guys are doing great. Keep up the good work.
0: Great call, Craig. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. So you want to comment on this? Would love to hear your input. I mean, I certainly could be wrong. I'd love to be convinced that marching on Washington is actually going to make a difference. I'd love to be convinced because it sure is a cool spectacle. I mean, I like to see the, the pictures and the video. And
1: you, you know, I've seen stories where people have gone down there and they say, well, we had 5,000 people, but the news media said there were only 500 people there. That always happens. It always happens. So you're spinning mm. your wheels. Why not do something more constructive and more innovative? I think we have to be more inventive about how we get their attention.
0: I, I like the idea of the, uh, the white armband. I'm on their website. It's taxday08.com. And it says, uh, don't go to work, tell your boss or teacher you won't be attending that day, don't go to school, don't stay in your house, reserve it for marching and peaceful education of our uninformed fellow citizens. Well, how is it that standing around in Washington, D.C., holding signs is going to do anything to educate anyone in the rest of America? As I said, you might manage to get a few passers-by to grab a flyer, but besides that, if the media isn't covering you or is covering you in a very minimalist fashion... Your impact is next to zilch. So how is it you're educating anybody by standing around? I think it's really just like back scratching. You're just patting yourselves on the back thinking you're doing something effective. And Harry Brown talks about this in his book, uh, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, in the section where back in the 1970s, before he decided to run for president, he was completely apolitical. It, you know, he, he had come to the conclusion that it was events like this that were doing a whole lot of nothing quickly. Uh, and he didn't want to have any part of it. And I totally agree with him on that. It just seems uh, to me to be so ineffective. Now, the white sash or armband, it says here, wear a plain white sash or armband to show our state of enslavement by perpetual debt. That is a creative idea, but do you think that the news media that isn't barely going to cover your march is going to focus in on the the more uh, subtle aspects of the march? There's a chance that a uh, particularly questioning, a particularly spot-on journalist will ask one of the marchers, Hey, what's that a white armband for? There's a chance that'll happen, but you can damn well bet it's not going to be the focus of the report. So, again, it's more pointless, empty symbolism. It means something to you. I mean, it means something because you went down there, you stood around, you wore a white armband. So it feels good on the inside, but what real effect is it having?
2: I don't know. I I I don't know much about. Uh, I'm not I'm not a big fan of uh, civil disobedience. The only one that makes any sense to me at all is withholding your taxes and trying to get other people to withhold theirs. But it's got to be the most dangerous of them. Uh, if some the founding fathers certainly put a lot more at risk. When when you talk about civil disobedience, uh, most people are like, yeah, don't give any don't give the people in the sit in any trouble. Most people are on your side and. and, and at the very least, aren't concerned about you as a danger to society in a sit-in. But, um, you know, protests where you withdraw from the, uh, the government system, like not having a driver's license and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, uh, people are out there, uh, you know, they, they wanted Lauren Canario's blood over this. Um, and at the same time, uh, when you're withdrawing your, your taxes,
0: you, you saw what happened with Ed Brown. I understand that Mark, but that's because Ed Brown was the only guy who was being focused on at that particular time. Sure, and but but right,
2: understood. But he's an example of what can happen and if you what don't happened, pay your
0: taxes. And what happened with Ed Brown was unprecedented in the history of people not paying taxes and being gone after by the government. He had an, an incredibly large amount of support uh shown. By in many cases a lot of Free State Project mm-hmm, members and did. other liberty loving people from around the country, and that had to do a lot to do with the internet. But really, if uh, if people get together, and they, certainly they're willing to get together to to do activism, they should get together because there is power and strength in numbers. Yeah, uh, and if more and more people were to gather, for instance, here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and refuse. To participate in this absurd federal government that we have, refuse to send their hard-earned money to the federal government. Julia was telling me the other night, man, she wishes she could just stop paying taxes because it would save her $600 a month. Mm-hmm. She'd have $600 a month more than she has right now, and that would be a significant increase in uh, in money for her. It'd be like an extra, you know, ten grand a year or something like that that she'd get to keep. So it'd do an immediate. It would immediately increase your quality of life. Uh, and, of course, the idea would be that if if somebody were to be targeted by the feds, then all the other activists could come to their defense. And, again, engage in more civil disobedience, perhaps, in order to to, uh, to come to their defense. But none of this stuff is easy, Mark, and nothing worth doing is easy. But it is easy to stand around and hold a sign in Washington, D.C. That's relatively simple. And you're going to get a very low return on your investment for that. Mm -hmm. So if you're not willing to put it on the line, I understand. I'm not not sitting here trying to say, hey, you should go out and do this if it's somehow going to put your, your livelihood at risk or your family at risk. I understand. People have things that they're very concerned about. But at the same time, if people were to do it, and if enough of them were to do it at the same time, you'd be unstoppable. 1-800-259-9231 one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 So, uh, you know, wear your white sash and your armband and go stand in Washington, D.C., and then call this show later to let me know what, made, what kind of a difference it really made. I hope I'm wrong. Because I know people are going to go and do it, and I wish them the best of luck. We'll be reporting on it. Call in. Give us a call from D.C. and let us know how it goes. I'm sure it'll be an exciting atmosphere. I'm sure a lot of people will be making new friends and networking, as he, you know, the caller suggested earlier. Great networking opportunity. So there are going to be some benefits and some perks and some ups to doing it, for sure. But is it a good ROI? Is it really worth your time and your money? Is it worth getting fired over? Because what if your boss doesn't want to let you take a day off work? More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live, and it it's your show, and you can take control of the airways via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It's a CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free, so enjoy those on us, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both for free for you freetalklive.com.
2: The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit RLC.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's RLC.org.
0: 800-259-9231 Going to your phone calls Vince in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live, Vince. Uh, how are you gentlemen
11: doing tonight? i like are doing fine. Yes. I tried anywhere? to get through to you last night but I couldn't because there something wrong with the phone. But...
1: That's
0: all right. The phones were broken all night. You're right. So what's on your mind tonight, Vince?
11: I, I, was, I watched the C-SPAN, the, what they call the, t- the communicators and the newsmakers. Okay. And they just discussed some very important things that are going on. Because one gentleman, I can't think of his name, but he wrote a book about George Bush's uh, agenda for the American justice system. And he did spend some time talking about the trial by jury and eliminating that in many civil and criminal cases. Really? You talk about this guy that was hit by an uninsured driver, and he found out later because he, he had what they called uninsured and, and underinsured motorists.
0: Yeah, it's a smart thing to have. Well,
11: the, his insurance company, our lawyers, represented the fact that this lady, whatever, the person was uninsured, and what he found out, because he got another order, because he was dissatisfied, got a lawyer, they got together, found out that the person was injured. They fought. And this is a case that's been about 10 years ago. They fought over it because the jury awarded him like $4.5 million for damages and culpability of the insurance company that insured him.
0: All right, so I'm a little confused, Vince. You're saying that the guy won $4 million from the insurance company?
11: No, he won it from
0: the jury. The
11: jury awarded him, like, it was about six years ago, they awarded him $4.5 million. They tried to appeal it because what they said was that they told her, told him that the the lady was uninsured. They didn't investigate. He got another one and they investigated and not that she was insured. And they proceed with a, law, a lawsuit. And they try to get themselves exempt from. Them. Now they still haven't paid the, the claim. This claim's over ten years old. now. Wait,
0: okay. So who got the four million dollars? I'm still a little no confused. one's
11: got any. No one's gotten anything yet.
0: Well, who was supposed to get the four million?
11: The gentleman that got hit by the the, the uninsured driver.
0: That's because the insurance company was, didn't well, want to pay they, out.
11: Well, her insurance company, when she was insured doesn't want to pay, and his insurance company doesn't want to pay either.
0: All right, so what's the and point I mean, of the call? Man, I, what was the point of uh, bringing that up?
11: Well, because in the future, because what they said was they want to eliminate this and go to arbitration. And that's what they were trying to argue there in the state of uh, Connecticut. That this man can only go through arbitration, not trial by jury.
0: Hmm. And they've
11: hung around on this for 10 years.
0: Well...
2: Well, and, and if, the, if the insurance company didn't have a uh, clause in their contract that said that the the person had to go to arbitration, I don't think that there should be a law that forces people to go to arbitration. Certainly not in the legal system where um, that supports the the jury system. It, yeah, it, it mm-hmm. seems bizarre. Ben but, thinks. You know, but
11: hmm? the, the, he says these these are going to go on because this is part of back in the mid '90s they tried for civil and tort reforms and criminal reforms
8: mm-hmm. and the
11: court process to prevent people from suing and What it basically is, is to take your right from trial by jury, to have the cases adjudicated, whether it's a civil or a criminal,
0: you know. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Vince. I mean, uh, certainly if the government's going to be around claiming to be, uh, you know, the the great protector and claim you have a right to a trial by jury, they certainly should be taking that away from you. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. Again, that is uh, the toll-free numbers. So I mentioned that we're going to talk about health care, though I would like to see a transition to arbitration. I'd like to point that out. But that would require getting rid of the government entirely. That would be then what would be left, a free market, voluntary interaction uh, arbitration system run by various different competing arbitration agencies. And actually, that would do a lot. To, uh, to make things happen faster and in a much more fair manner because the arbitrators would be competing on a basis of speed and fairness and accuracy. Uh, so, well,
2: I, I would agree this. with that, but um, I don't really like the idea that the insurance company can pick the arbiter uh, with which, you know, where they're going to uh, figure out you know, what I get as far as claim and that kind of thing. And that's how those contracts are going to be set up until there's enough competition in the arena yeah, right. of insurance companies, right? So which is it's, it's just which, gonna, which is going to ruin the uh, the whole idea of arbitration because people are going to say arbitration's a setup. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. And anytime someone says the word arbitration, they get scared. You'll hear that. You'll hear they'll people will hear in their mind setup,
0: right? Which is why having the government mandate that is is problematic because then that's exactly what will happen. They'll say, well, this isn't fair. Well, even
2: I, I, I don't know how we uh, would. Would uh, go from the current system to arbitration simply because you know even right now the uh, insurance companies have have it as uh, you know in some of their contracts it's standard and they pick the arbiters
0: well it would be an immediate uh, you know if if it if it turned out that the arbiters were somehow unfair uh, then people would start to boycott them, and uh, competing arbiters would arbitration courts would Spring up, and inevitably, people that they were would probably boycott them by running back to the jury system. People were con- that were concerned about that. Uh, could well by that time we would have abolished it completely, though, Mark.
2: Uh, so people I don't know that what were one system you're talking about. I'm just talking about uh, if we're moving from uh, uh, with the current system to something where arbitration is used in settling insur- insurance disputes.
0: Yeah, I was talking about abolishing the courts altogether. Yeah, and I do arbitration talk about that instead. Now. So I don't care if you don't want to talk about it, Mark. <laughs> Uh, so what I was pointing out is that uh, in that case, people could start up their own arbitration courts and people that were concerned about who the uh, insurance companies were choosing for their arbitrators would simply demand to uh, have their choice of arbitrator considered or to have uh, appeals arbitrators uh, in the contract as well. Contracts could change uh, based on consumer demand. So if that's what consumers are looking for, the market will respond to it. And speaking of the market responding to consumer demand, Salon.com has an interesting report about the new Quickie Clinics. Minute Clinics, Quick Health, uh, maybe you've seen them. I've yet to, uh, to come across them in my travels, but I know they're popping up around what? the country. Yeah, I've not seen these yet. They're all over in Sarasota. I don't live in Sarasota. Well, you, you did, and it's only been a year and
2: a half, and they were all over the place then. These are walk-in medical clinics? No, it's not quite.
0: I don't think it's quite walk-in. These are kind of a new thing. Okay, At a recent me medical conference, I eavesdropped on a couple of doctors talking to each other about retail health clinics, small offices or kiosks that offer basic medical care in venues ranging from Target to Piggly Wiggly. Mm. I understand that walk-in clinics have been around, Mark, but these are a little bit more convenient. They're yeah, a, I guess they're, they are. There's a little different. Okay. Uh, these particular doctors were not happy. One said some of his easy business patients who only needed a few minutes to handle, such as those with sh- sore throats or colds, had migrated away from their practice to these new clinics. The other seemed perplexed that some of the uh, the parents in his pediatric pack practice seemed just fine paying cash to clinics, rather than coming to see him where they had to only pay a low, low copay. Now, the views don't surprise me. Doctors are naturally nervous about the rapid growth of retail clinics. About a dozen companies have opened some 400 shops with slogans that range from catchy, such as, you're sick, we're quick, that's Minute Clinic, to direct, such as, we make quality care affordable and convenient. We'll talk more about this clash that is developing in the medical profession. 800-259-9231 and take your calls about anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And by the way, those features include the bulletin board system, over 300,000 posts, lots to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff, all for free. At bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, Soviet-style central planning doesn't work. So what's the best way to reach out to liberty lovers? Google Ads, direct mail, Free Talk Live? Only you know what's best. You choose what project is worthy of your dollar. Go to freestateproject.org donate and choose how you want to contribute. That's freestateproject.org donate. Of course, we also hope that you sign up for the Free State Project while you're there. Uh, would love to have you join us here in New Hampshire, join the uh, Second American Revolution, or I actually uh, trying to uh, reject using that term. I like the uh, the term evolution. We will evolve into a voluntary order. That would be much much better than just revolving back around to the way things used to be. Uh, so one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Talking about the Minute Clinic. Which some of you might have come across in your local uh, Targets or Piggly Wiggly's or strip malls—not uh, strip malls, but actually inside—you uh, know, malls. These things are popping up apparently all over the place, uh, according to Salon.com. Uh, let's see, over 400 shops have been opened recently. Uh, dozens of companies, or in fact, about a dozen companies, have opened these shops with catchy uh, catchphrases like "You're sick, we're quick," or "We make quality care affordable and convenient." And believe it or not, people are foregoing their insurance co-pays at their regular doctor's office, and they're going to pay more for the convenience For the convenience yeah. of going to these quickie clinics. And probably wow. better service, too. So that's what Salon.com is taking a look at here, and apparently these doctors are very upset. Now, according to industry experts, uh, not the doctors working at the quickie clinics, the other guys no, are no. losing the business. Uh, according to the industry experts the number of clinics is expected to grow to over 700 this year. Walmart began dabbling in retail health in 2005 when it opened 76 clinics of its own. It says that over the next 3 to 5 years that number could expand to 2000. Cuz Walmart they've already if it's got the,
2: making money it certainly will expand right.
0: for, you know Walmart has yep. no no problem doing that. But they've got the infrastructure they got all their stores everywhere it's just a matter of Changing out one of their uh, internals to another because they've already lots of Walmart's already have the internal kind of sub stores right they have you can uh, get your prescription glasses for instance, you can have your picture taken, get yeah. your hair cut, those kind of things uh, many medical groups like the American Academy of Family Practice and the American Academy of Pediatrics have published position papers opposing retail clinics. Their basic argument is that retail clinics run counter to the concept of a medical home, a place where patients receive care for any and all of their problems. They worry that patients will have no sensible place to follow up their test results and that putting a clinic in a mall or a Walmart could expose shoppers to people with a contagious illness. The medical Hold on, you
2: can't get a contagious illness? Um, oh, I see. You're you're putting people that have a contagious illness, they're going to the quickie clinics, so normal people who are in the Walmart might be exposed, I was going to say. Because, oh, I suppose behind uh, hospitals, perhaps doctor's offices might be a pretty good place to uh, catch a contagious illness.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, many of these people that have a contagious illness might not know it yet, and they're still walking around buying things, so... Uh, anyway, by giving doctors a run for, excuse me, it says the medical community needs a second opinion. Retail clinics are good for American healthcare. care. By giving doctors a run for their money, they force us to do something. This was written by a doctor, by the way. They force us to do something we don't do well. Innovate. At their best, retail clinics can make doctors look like smart entrepreneurs instead of a self-interest group futilely trying to protect archaic ways of doing business. To understand why that's the case, look at the business-as-usual model of medicine. Anybody who wants to run a competent medical practice from the country doctor to the tertiary care hospital must uh, measure success in terms of access, quality, and cost. It's safe to say that traditional medical practice is struggling to succeed here. Access is unpredictable for almost any practice. Most of us simply don't have the ability to provide round-the-clock care, short of the mediocre phone service of an on-call doctor or the chaotic overcrowded emergency room. Right, and most doctors, uh, yeah, uh,
2: it, the let's see, the generalization about doctors is they don't put in a full week anyway, especially if they're successful. Mm-hmm. So many, many, many of them do. I, uh, I certainly I knew one in
0: Sarasota who uh, worked his butt off. He was there early and stayed late most days costs keep rising and being shifted to consumers in the form of higher premiums, deductibles and copays. Despite having the brightest medical minds and therapies, basic medical quality in America remains poor. According to a 2004 report by the Government Accountability Office about Medicare preventative services, 30% of people over the age of 65 didn't receive a flu vaccine and 37% had never had a pneumonia vaccine. Another example in 2000 Medicare estimated that 66.6 million beneficiaries were never told by their doctor that they had high blood pressure. On the other hand, retail clinics are thriving and by the way, we know on this article doesn't go into it but we know why medical care sucks so bad in this country. it's because government because of Medicare, because of government's involvement in it because of the fact that when it comes to the the dollars that doctors are getting paid, majority of them are being paid by governments. and when that's happening, you've got a huge burden of paperwork you've got an oh, just onerous regulations placed on these businesses. Mm-hmm that really just increase costs dramatically and make it so healthcare becomes very unwieldy, very slow and very just awful. So a little bit of innovation is a good thing. Yeah, it changes the uh, the market incentives
2: behind uh, providing good service. Right. And in these little clinics here, these have all the market incentives in the world to provide exactly. good service.
0: In fact, here's why. They provide excellent access. After all, what's more convenient than showing up any day, night or weekend to have your sore throat checked? No telephone time spent on hold trying to make an appointment? No shuffling your personal schedule to get there. Now, I, I, would, I would agree with this. So something that bothers me, though, is um,
2: the expectation of consumers. Uh, consumers expect to get something when they go to the clinic. If you go to the clinic with a sore throat, what, do they, what can they do for you except give you some chloroseptic to spray on it so it <laughs> uh, kind of numbs it a little bit? Well, likely what they'll give you
1: is an antibiotic. Wayne, what happens when they overprescribe antibiotics? uh they breed super bacteria for one because you end up urinating the stuff out into the uh water system mm-hmm. secondly you become immune to the antibiotics after a while so they're not effective the next time you get sick so when you prescribe antibiotics they're mainly designed for bacterial infections and they're being prescribed a lot for viral infections which are, they don't they're they're not useful for that right so that that happened for a while i don't think doc i think doctors seem to be more reluctant now to... Overprescribe antibiotics. Luckily, but well,
0: we don't know. I mean, we've none of us have been to one of these retail clinics, so you're speculating, Mark. On what I am they're, speculating on what they're doing. Uh, and if you know more, if you've been to one of these places, perhaps better yet, if you work for one of them, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, your input on this. <laughs> and a little advice for you: if you've got a sore throat, go get
1: some chloraseptic. There you go. <laughs> but you know something? There's been a, WebMD.com. But there's, there's a when people have so-called insurance, they think th- things are free, which increases the demand for. Medical care. But, you know, so many people go to the doctor and they feel like they're ripped off if they don't get a prescription when they mm. leave the office. If the doctor looks at them and says, well, you know, uh, get get some rest for a few days yeah. and go back to work. Wow, I just paid $180. Why, why didn't you give me a prescription? I want some drugs. And, and that's a big problem, too. The mentality, the mentality.
0: of the American consumer. Sure. Yes. Uh, so then there's the cost. Retail clinics operate on a fee-for-service basis and don't accept insurance. Most charge a maximum of $50 which is significantly cheaper than the $100 plus your insurance company, or you if you carry an increasingly popular high-deductible insurance plan, will pay when you see your doctor for the same concern. That relative savings, you know, a lot of people go to doctors just to try to find out what's wrong with them, not necessarily because they know what's wrong, but because they want to know what's wrong. Yep, sometimes that's true. That relative savings makes retail clinics a great place to go if you're uninsured and have a minor medical problem. Now, this desire to pay out of pocket is a not-so-subtle sign that consumers are asserting their purchasing power in the health sector, just as they would with any other goods or services. A 2005 Wall Street Journal-Harris poll confirms this. Eighty percent of retail clinic users expressed satisfaction with the cost of services. Eighty-nine percent were satisfied with the quality of care. Eighty-eight percent with the staff's qualifications, which are usually nurse practitioners. Now, the success is due to a few reasons. First, retail clinics don't do everything. Literally, a customer has to choose what he or she wants from a menu of choices posted on a marquee. Choices are limited to simple, easy-to-handle medical problems like sore throats, allergies and cold sores, or a request for routine flu or pneumonia uh, vaccinations. No acute medical problems, like injuries or asthma, are addressed. All decisions are made using very strict decision trees, leaving no room to treat issues beyond or outside of them. Now, the clinics make no claim to be a medical home. Statistics support the safety of this approach. The CEO of MinuteClinic, the largest of the retail clinic chains, said in 2007 that they've never had a patient show up with chest pain and that fewer than 10% of patients are turned away. So people get it about these clinics. They understand that if it's something that's not too serious, that's where they can go. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231, that's the Cycle CAI toll-free line. We're talking about the, the minute clinics, the quickie clinics that you're seeing pop up in uh, malls, in uh, Walmarts, in Targets, around the country. Uh, wondering if you've had an experience with one of these. We'd love to hear about it. 800-259-9231, it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help us out, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is a simple one, and that is that uh, we want to take your three bucks a month and turn it back around and reinvest it in the show to get on more radio stations, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. And we sweeten the pot a little bit by offering a few perks to you, like access to the Amp Only call-in-line chat room forum and also the Amp Only Shrine. You can see what I mean. Learn more at amp.freetalklive.com. So, uh, Salon.com talking about these new little quickie clinics that are popping up. And I happen to agree with you, Mark. I don't know if you said this on the air or off, but you suggested that probably most of the reasons people would go to these quickie clinics, you don't really need to go to a clinic for.
2: It, 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 it seems like to me. Simple it, stuff. I, I've just heard people crashes, going. Yeah. People going to uh, the doctor for just things that they don't need to go to the doctor but for.
0: But I think the reason that people do that is they want to be told they're okay. Yeah, you know yeah. something. If a strange rash starts spreading up your arm, for instance, you, you get people rightfully get kind of frightened by that. I'm
2: fine with it. Yeah.
0: Oh no. What are you <laughs> chuckling about? I guess
2: suggesting that I have a rash spreading up my arm.
0: Oh, okay. I <laughs> gotcha. Um, but you know, I think that one of the most useful resources is the internet when it comes to self-diagnosing problems. Web uh, WebMD, not a sponsor of the show or anything, but I tell you, WebMD.com has some of the most useful home remedies. They're very good at diagnosing what your issue is. And there's always some sort of simple home remedy, like you were talking about sore throat before. You said chloroseptic. They might tell you try gargling with salt water. For yeah,
2: I, I've, I've certainly done the gargling with salt water and added a little lemon to it and all that other stuff. Chloroseptic numbs your throat. <laughs> it works. you got a sore throat. Use chloroseptic.
0: All I'm saying is you might want to try exhausting your free options prior to going in to see the doctor or going into one of these quickie clinics because there's a whole wealth of free. You think salt's free, boy? There's a whole. I've talked about the information. There's a whole wealth of free info out there on the internet, and uh, WebMD's got a bunch of it. So let me continue here with a story from Salon. There's nothing complicated. uh, Talking about here that uh, the CEO of Minute Clinic which is the largest of the retail chain, says they've never had a patient show up with chest pain and that fewer than 10% of their patients are turned away. So they're pointing out that most of the people that come to these places understand that it's not for really serious health problems. Also, there's nothing complicated about communicating with a patient's primary doctor. Specialists in emergency rooms routinely send letters or faxes to primary care offices to inform them about a patient, his or her diagnosis, prescribed treatments, and a follow-up plan. Retail clinics have made efforts to do the same. So rather than writing position papers opposing retail chains, medical organizations ought to use them to encourage bold innovation. But while we're waiting for Godot, whatever that is, doctors are starting to move on their own. Open access to doctors allowing patients to make appointments the same day have been implemented by centers like the Mayo Clinic, Kaiser Permanente, and even some solo practitioners. So is it possible that the doctors themselves are getting a little bit more competitive because of these quickie clinics? Hmm. Funny how that marketplace works, isn't it? Even with all the government regulation, you can still see the marketplace trying to operate. Of course, if we didn't have the government regulation, it would be far more fluid, far more quick, uh, quick responding, and far more competitive. But hey, that's pie in the sky, right? Technology is also helping. An increasing number of offices are adopting an electronic medical record, one that allows patients to email their doctor or chat live over video. A recent study in the journal Pediatrics looked at 121 families who used email to contact their doctor. 80% of those surveyed either strongly agreed or agreed that email improved the quality of communication with their child's doctor. Nearly 90% either strongly agreed or agreed that email improved access to their child's doctor. I've used email in my practice and have communicated with patients, whether they're at home, at work, or halfway around the world, to both my own and my patient's satisfaction perhaps the best example of innovation comes from one minnesota pediatric practice it opened a real retail like clinic in its own office offering walk-in appointments and expanded hours including weekends <laughs> whoa a doctor's office open on weekends it's unusual and evenings even now that's likely going to be a winner for two simple reasons one the practice keeps its own clientele two it makes access convenient for minor problems. So the doctor's office said, huh, we don't want to lose business to these quickie clinics. So they Let's have to compete. open our own. Brilliant. Most important, by relegating minor complaints to the walk-in clinic, a doctor can actually be a doctor. Many of us didn't get into this job to become diaper rash, uh, diaper rash doctors, the kind who pack their day seeing patients with minor complaints just to pay the bills. Yet after years of training and pe- preparation, too many of us become just that. We simultaneously complain that we don't have the time to address the challenges that come with complex chronic health issues like obesity or childhood asthma. Adopting the retail model in-house could change the way we spend our time, allowing us to get back to practicing challenging and more satisfying medicine. So this is a good thing. He's pointing out that the fact that this business is going to the retail clinics just frees the doctors up to focus more on the real problems, especially if they open up their own retail clinic. Then they get it all. They get the best of both worlds. Of course, there are potential pitfalls. Should walk-in clinics expand to become a medical home by offering physical exams and other comprehensive services like treating injuries, they do stand to to do patients a disservice. Eventually, we will hear of a patient who had a bad outcome as a result of being misdiagnosed or mistreated. But that happens with regular doctors, doesn't it? Yeah. Time will tell whether the rate of errors is any different than in standard practice. But as long as the clinics continue to keep services strictly limited, this risk will remain relatively low. Regardless of those red flags, retailers in their cur- or retail clinics in their current iteration have found a unique and useful niche in medicine. So next time you make a list of things to do when you go shopping, you might be writing "check rash" or "get flu shot" under "buy shampoo and underwear," and you'll be just fine with it. I think
1: it's great.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a good
0: idea.
1: It's, it's it's almost medical's answer to homeschooling and education. What do you mean? Well, in education, you have all this government-sponsored uh, education, which is getting worse all the time. Mm-hmm. And so the marketplace has reacted by people schooling, them, uh, schooling the kids themselves and buying curriculum from all different places and, and basically doing a better job than the public schools. And okay. so, so now in the medical system, you have most of the medical system now is dominated by government. So, this model actually is not this takes it out of the realm of government and 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 goes back to a more of a doctor patient relationship, right because it's all cash, yes, and there's no insurance, right, so they don't have any of that
0: extra crap to deal with. They're not going to take Medicare, they're not going to take your insurance, it's cash only, and so therefore they're far more flexible than any other doctor's office could be. It's very interesting approach, and you're right with your analogy, Wayne, because you know if you look at the way the government teachers respond to uh, for instance, homeschoolers. They are very threatened by that. Right, because they don't like competition. It's the same thing here, where the doctors are saying, Oh, we can't have this. We need to get rid of these medical clinics. People are getting serviced. They're getting
1: uh,
10: uh,
0: treated on weekends. This is hell. We
1: can't have this. (laughs) Oh, government, help us. Shut them down.
0: Well, luckily, it's uh, spreading pretty quickly, because that's how the marketplace works. The marketplace is fast. It does things efficiently. It has incentive to get these things done in a quick and timely and efficient manner. And so luckily there are already hundreds of these offices opening up across the country. And as uh, as the, uh, the article stated earlier, Walmart's considering opening up to 2,000 of them. So, you know, by the time the government gets around to listening to what the doctors are complaining about and actually trying to do something about it...
1: They'll be pretty thoroughly yeah, entrenched. they'll be there. pretty. Actually, these hard-core. clinics were mentioned in John Stossel's special from last September called Sick in America. Yeah, that's right. That's where I first heard about them. Yes, and he did a very good job of explaining uh, the differences between uh, the health care system we have now, uh, socialized medicine, and a consumer-driven health care system. Uh, making that dis- distinction is important because most people are either in one bucket or the other with their brains.
0: Right, because when somebody else is paying, if it's the insurance company that's paying or government is paying, yeah, then the consumer is disconnected, essentially, from the services and the products that they're purchasing.
2: I can absolutely tell you that's true. I, I've been in uh, auto accidents before, and, you know, I... I go to chiropractors. I've gone to chiropractors for for years, mm-hmm. and funny, I make it in more often when the when the insurance companies are paying for my visits rather than me. Hmm. Just the way it is, you know. You you you're, you don't have the same incentives, and when it when it appears free, then that's when you're going to go.
0: Well, and that's not to say that you shouldn't go. That's not to say that not going is a good thing. Uh, I'm just saying it's different. It's just that if we actually had uh, no government regulation of the medical industry and only had third-party voluntary certification, for instance, we didn't have this huge government bureaucracy ruling over top of the entire industry, the industry would – you know, then there would be direct payment from consumers. But that would result in more competition, and more competition would result in lower prices. So you could get the same level of care you're getting. It would just be a lot cheaper – and it actually would be a lot better. We'd have the same level of innovation that we have in the computer industry. We could have that in healthcare. But the requirement is for government to step the hell away. Hope that happens sometime soon because all of our lives are at stake. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.